Hi, everyone, and I have another great show that I've created, and uh, my co-host is going to be really, she has such a great show, and she's going to really kind of highlight specific areas, and it's called Alternative Riff, and I want to welcome the program, Lola B. How are you? And, uh, yeah, you know, it's very interesting, the artists we have on today, because, again, yeah. you're teaching me new things in music, and specifically, and he, they have a huge following, and uh, I'm going to learn a lot about them today, so Lola, go ahead and introduce our guest. What's up, everyone? I'm Willoughby, and welcome to the first episode of Alternative Riff. Now, our first guest, whether he's kicking it in the club with iced tea or kicking it at home, his 15-year tenure in Upon a Burning Body, and as a guitarist, guitarist and musician, is something to just gawk over. Uh, I've been a huge fan of them since I was a teenager, so let's please welcome Ruben Alvarez from Upon a Burning Body. How's it going? It's good hey. to be here, be talking to you guys. Yep, all the way from Texas over here in the middle nowhere it's really hot it's it's a beautiful day so i'm excited absolutely so go ahead lol with your first question so upon a butter and body has been a band for 15 years now when you first formed the band did you specifically want to see a sort of change in the music industry uh well yeah i mean that's the thing we kind of just went with it i mean we we were we came in in a time when we were still using uh mapquest in a binder and like you know stuff like that like everything has changed since then you know albums were still selling so it's crazy to see this transition this you know technological transition where now everything is streaming you know everything is done on the phone social media wasn't as big back then either so you know that's something we had to adapt with and it's funny because when we, when that whole movement started i was against it i was like no music is real like people just need to go to shows and and you know get to know us that way and not really seeing the importance so we kind of got a late start when it comes to that stuff you know we were kind of behind the the main front the front push so you know that was that was a complete uh change for us you know we didn't we never done any of that stuff and letting people into that personal side was definitely a change of pace and that's and the, the the evolution since you started it's crazy right yeah yeah we were right in the middle of it literally you know and, and to and to the point to where our last release is just digital because we were at shows and we're trying to sell cds and like what am i going to do with this everything's on my phone i don't need a cd anymore <laughs> i'm just like okay okay we get it so we started ordering less and less and less on the road and and sure enough by now this time around we just don't even order them they just sit there so <laughs> collecting dust Okay. All right. Now, uh, a burn, Upon a Burning Body uh, formed in 2005, but you didn't release your first album until 2010. Now, was it difficult finding a record label to sign to at first? Uh, yeah, we didn't even have that intention. It's crazy. The band, um, we all had our own local bands and we kind of started this band as a side project to try something new. There was like a new style of music that was coming out and we we're like, well, this is, this is really cool. We all really enjoyed it. So we started the band and we started touring around Texas and it actually caught, like people loved it. And we started getting a bigger and bigger fan base. And what would happen was bigger bands would tour through Texas and they would want us to open because we had a great following here. And that's how the word got out. We started doing little tours. And really what got us started was we played a battle of the bands. And that's kind of what got us into the industry. And, uh, you know, we started turning heads and we got all the way to the final stage and, and we played in California in front of the record execs and all that stuff. And, and they, they gave us a deal. They're like, you know, you, we, you won the prize, which is, you know, a full U S tour, all this stuff, but 
we want you to save it because we want to offer you a deal and, and you know, make you guys uh, one of our bands on the label. And that was with Sumerian Records back in that, that, that. Wow. And that's something when you think about specifically enough, going from independent to signed, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah, it was huge. We signed our contract right out of high school. So it was literally nonstop touring after that, always gone like nine months out of the year, you know, trying to build the build the the band up and, you know, get out there. Awesome. Next question, Lola. So we've seen a lot of lyrical and personal evolutions within the Planet Burning Body, within the band. Um, We've seen, we start out, uh, basically saying we'll do whatever whatever it takes excuse me to you know we are serious about what we do and you know we're here to stay we've cemented who we are and even more recently you basically outright said look we're the kings um now personally for you what were those defining high and low points in your career as a musician in the band yeah you know it was it was all just such a learning experience being so young and getting thrown into it and kind of falling into this this world of of you know meeting all these crazy rock stars and being like wow this is this is something different we come from very humble beginnings you know growing up in the west side of san antonio and not having anything to so to be able to travel and play music was just amazing for us and we kind of got wrapped up in that world and trying to be like have this facade that we're rock stars and and at the beginning, that was kind of our mentality with the music and everything. It was like larger than life. But then we realized that that's not really who we are. So we started to kind of evolve and change. And as we got older, we realized, you know, that that was just, um, that was something we were played into. Our suits as well. We wore suits. We had this kind of gimmicky vibe. And we did away with all that stuff, you know, with the newer, with the new label, a new record. We kind of wanted to reinvent ourselves and, and show everybody, like, this is who we really are. You know, that, that was fun. We were young and we wanted to put out this, this vibe. But now we definitely have a different mindset. Now that we have a following, we're like, well, wow, what are we really going to leave behind? You know, leaving behind all these... Uh, lyrics that are kind of out there about partying and all this crazy stuff and it just doesn't sit well with us anymore and from now on we just want to be meaningful we want to give people strength we want to you know kind of uh just give them more insight into what we believe in and you know not so much this this kind of gimmick that we had created before right and that and that's the interesting part of of a journey is 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 a kind of evolving right evolution of your the band right yeah yeah and you see you see it happen all the time you know people are just kind of you know they're playing into this role but you can't really it's not sustainable like when you get old you can't be that guy that's like yeah. you know still yeah. going wild and getting crazy and you know we had kids and that just changed our whole outlook on everything and we're just like man what are we what are we really singing about and what is the meaning of of our songs and are they going to last or they you know is this something that's just going to get forgotten so we decided to change that and just kind of be more meaningful and, and try to have more impact because we did we did have some songs that were meaningful and and those were the ones that people would come to us and be like you know this song saved my life this is like this is everything to me and we're just like man we just need to do that all the time like that's 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 where it's at for sure all right next question so i gotta read off the list for this one because i want to take it back all the way to 2014 now some shit definitely went down uh, and at the time that was i when i was becoming a fan of a pond of burning body and as a outsider 
I was so confused as to what was going on. I'm like, what is going on here? So um, for the release and promotion of The World Is My Enemy Now, uh, the album, uh, you guys had faked uh, Danny Leal, the lead singer's um, kidnapping. I, I want to know what, what all happened there. What was the process into coming up with that for a promotional album thing? Yeah, man, and that that was a really tough time for us. I mean, we we were on the way to Mayhem Fest, which is uh, you know one of the biggest metal festivals in the U- United States, and that was your Slipknot headline. It was just a huge thing for us, and we're excited. We we're gonna drop our new record the first day of the tour, and um, you know we were approached by somebody at the label. I don't want to put anybody's name out there, but and they came up with this idea to do kind of a publicity stunt, and. Um, you know, at, at first I was against it. I didn't want to be a part of it. I was just like, man, this just seems too uh, rushed. It's not planned out very well. And sure enough, that's what happened. You know, it backfired on us and um, everybody took it very seriously. And we're like, no, like it, it was, it started on Twitter. Like it was like kind of a Twitter thing. And, and we're kind of saying, you know, oh, there's a car outside and kind of building it up. But I think if it was executed differently, people would have known like, oh, this is just, you know, for publicity, it's not a real thing. So when it all came out, all these labels and everybody were um, messaging our label and saying, what can we do to help? What do we, you know, do you want us to post something? Is he really, you know, is he missing and what? And, and uh, basically the CEO and, you know, our publicist didn't have anything to do it. And the CEO of the label, Ash kind of was like, he didn't even know about it. So it happened so quickly, you know, somebody from the label came up with this idea and pitched it to us, the manager and, and the guys were kind of, about it and and um so we went forward all within like a day and we did this thing and it just kind of backfired and everybody was like kind of just disgusted by what we had done and it sucks because you know in the end we had to take the fall for it even though it wasn't our idea and you know it was just kind yeah it was kind of one of those things that really hurt and we're just like man we're so bummed that that uh it turned out that way you know, and thinking back on it, I'm like, man, we were a metal band and we did this this small thing on social media, but it had such a big impact yeah. in, on our career. And people still bring it up and, and they don't really know the truth about it. So, you know, this is this is uh, our first time coming out and actually telling people like this is it wasn't our idea, you know, and we just kind of right. went along with it. And, you know, we had to. Pay the, them. You would have been like 20 years before you've been fine. It would have been laughable. Right. And you talk metal. Back in yeah. the ones <laughs> exactly. I grew up, you know, watching in metal, Ozzy Osbourne to you know uh, just to Motley Crue and all the different crazy stuff that they did, you know, Rat, White Snake, all those type of metal um, metal bands. Guess what, Metallica? This is nothing. Ruben exactly, <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing compared to what those guys would do. That's what I thought. I was like, man, this is metal. Like, I guess, like, yeah. I don't know. But we're we're kind of in in the we were on the um, what do I say on the line of like being kind of a, a metal core band, which is a, a a lot of younger kids, and we're transitioning into the older crowd. So when we played Mayhem, nobody there cared because it was an older crowd that yeah. listened to Slayer, Motorhead, and all those older yeah. bands. But it was more like the the scene kids that we would play for in our other crowd that was affected and like you know really hurt by it so it was it was crazy we we got so much crap and 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 then on top of that you know we couldn't say anything about it because <laughs> we were still on the label and you know and they're just like 
that's all you guys. And we're just like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, so yeah, it was, it was tough. We, we, I mean, we've been dealing with it to this day. You know, we, every once in a while we get a comment like, Oh, you're going to go missing again. And you know, people just still bring it up. You know, yeah. to this time. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I feel like it, after we came out with the new stuff, the new vibe, the real us, you know, a lot of that has died down and, and people are like, okay, you know, this is what, what they're really about. So. Yep. One thing I noticed too is a lot of bands, they when they come up and they release like their first two or three albums, they're forever in this category of character and they always stick with it and run with it, even if in the long term it doesn't necessarily age particularly well. But one thing I noticed about you guys is, like you said, you, you know, all about this party vibe and you found such a flawless way to transition. Did you expect to? you know, transition so flawlessly or was it a kind of hit and miss process? Um, it was a hit and miss, you know, even with uh, Barrio, we tried to, to kind of trend, uh, try to show a little bit more of like the San Antonio vibe and where we're from. And then uh, when we jumped on the new label, Seek and Strike, you know, they were just like, we, we know what the band is. We've seen you guys perform and we just want you to be that band. You don't have to play to any gimmicks. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to do anything. Just be yourselves and write a metal record and, you know, and we'll do the rest. So, you know, we got a lot of freedom and I think that that's when we kind of were like, okay, we have a chance to really reinvent ourselves here. So let's take that time. We, we didn't release the record for like two years and then we really buckled down and, and, and figured out what are we going to do now and, and what direction are we going to, are we going to take this? So yeah, we definitely decided to mature and just be like, okay, you know, we're all dads now. Let's just like kind of <laughs> settle this party stuff down and, and just write some really meaningful, timeless songs. And, and that's that's where we went with it. And at, so far, we've had nothing but great response. And, you know, all the new songs and, and um, you know, the content is just is just great. So I feel like um, we're on the right path. We just got to keep going in that direction. We, the thing is, we noticed that a lot of um, the older metal bands are are leaving, you know, they're getting, they're, they're retiring and there's not really a young, like newer metal band, you know, that, that are coming out. So we, we want to take that, that path and just be the next big metal band to come out. And, so and why kind of is it that metal had its run and especially Spotify and all these different playing screens, do you think it's coming back in that way, the level, what it was metal when I grew up? I hope so. You know, I think what's missing is there isn't that big metal tour anymore. Like after Mayhem stopped and, you know, obviously a warp tour and all that, like, I feel like um, there needs to be like a big Ozfest or something that yes. kind of reinstates that. And, and, and then, yeah. And then you see all the crowds come out and you're like, Oh, you know, metal is here. Like there's definitely a, a market for it. It's just, uh, there hasn't been a big tour like that. I feel like everybody kind of broke it up and does all these separate festivals, but there needs to be that big touring festival that kind of, kind of stamps it yeah um being that you're all dads now um which i didn't even know which like you guys age phenomenally well for being dads first of all like <laughs> i need to get, like a skincare routine um but whenever like you're playing music at home especially with quarantine and everything do your kids kind of try to sing the lyrics or do you make them more kid friendly when you're playing at home uh yeah i mean we don't we don't really write um with the kids around, you know, cause we like to really, um, write in the studio or do stuff like that. But I've been, I've been showing my, my daughter like queen and like all the classic rock stuff that I was like, you gotta know who this is ACDC yeah. and she'll be singing along. And, you know, I'm really trying to, to make sure she knows, you know, the, the, 
the big old school bands that I love listening to, you know, back in the day. So, and she'll, she'll catch it now. Like she'll hear a queen song and she's like, is that queen? I'm like, yeah, that's queen. And <laughs> so, you know, it's awesome. So I'm just been introducing her into that and trying to get her to, to know about all those old school bands, but yeah, she'll come in and she's all curious and she'll just like strum my guitar and just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's definitely curious about it. So I hope that, that, you know, she'll, she'll pick it up one day and, and want to play and jam, <laughs> jam herself. So of your fans, your fan base, now define them, especially because, you know, as I talked about, metal was really, really big in the 80s and to early 90s, mid 90s. And then metal stations kind of disappeared and everything. Like I remember, you know, when I was a professional wrestler, I would go work out and the gym only played heavy metal. So it was a different, you know, they had a specific for the like classic rock stations. Where, where do you see your fan base? What age group? type of where do you see it yeah i see it as the working class that's what i always say it's like it's people who go to work every day who who want to come home and they they're they're burnt out they want to let go or go to a show and that's what we see like at our shows it's just a melting pot of people Mm -hmm. like i've met teachers i've met scientists i've met everything like that you can think of and it's cool to see them all come together and just love metal. And, you know, and then we see a lot of people who work out, obviously are in the gym. Like we, we, we're always called like the gym jams. Like we, everybody just wants to pump up. I was like, we have that music. Like one of the things I always, I always say is I want to stay um, energetic and I don't ever want it to kind of dull down and, mm-hmm. and be this soft rock band. I was like, no, I, I want to keep it intense as long as possible. You know, I want to be like Slayer retiring at 50 and still being as metal as it gets so you know but I feel like that's definitely our demographic is a lot of the working class people that just you know want some kind of escape and you know this is how they do it they listen to heavy metal and you know they're they're jamming to work and it's the people you least expect you know nurse like I said I I met a kindergarten teacher that was like I want to buy a shirt but it can't have any profanity so I can (laughs) wear it and I'm just like okay okay we'll find something (laughs) something you can wear awesome um also, I, before the next question, I do want to say congratulations on 5 million streams for All, Pl- All Pride No Pain. That is really, really cool, I think, for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's so crazy because we didn't even know that song was going to go that, that, like, blow up like that. You know, you never know. And that's the cool thing is when you're writing songs, you think a song's going to do well and it doesn't. And then another song takes off and you're like, oh, man, like, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Um, so one thing. Like, I grew up in, like, the teenage demographic, uh, just becoming a fan of you guys, and I hit right when you guys did uh, the Pop Ghost Punk cover of Turn Down for What with Ice-T, and I thought that was the coolest thing, because I was a huge fan of, like, Law & Order SVU, and just seeing you guys do that collaboration, I've been a huge fan of Body Count for, for years. Um, now, after a while, because um, I know I would watch the video on YouTube all the time, I'm probably responsible for half the views um, before it got taken down, <laughs> but... Um, why did it get removed? Because I heard some conflicting things that, like, because you you did the Metallica riff in it. Like, why did it get removed from streaming services and stuff? Yeah, it basically what it came down to was uh, the label didn't get it cleared with the right people, and um, you know that that Metallica thing could have been edited out, but it was mainly the whole song. Like, once you put lyrics to a, a instrumental, what is pretty much an instrumental song that changes it and it changes the classification. It's not just a cover anymore. 
and before they released it they didn't get it cleared and we're just like oh man it was it was on its way to become you know a viral hit and and then it just got pulled from everywhere and it's such a bummer but you know it, it was fun it was we did it and you know people got to hear you know it at least for a little bit and <laughs> before it got pulled down but you know and then we made lifelong friends with the uh, ice tea you know he he was on uh the second mayhem fest that we played with body count and you know he had seen us and we hung out with them and his son and we became really close friends and that's how it all came about and then when we heard about this cover we we're like well what can we do to, <laughs> to make it better and let's let's uh ask ice tea if he'll join up and, <laughs> and do the song amazing his entrepreneur mindset right ice tea oh yeah oh he, my gosh yeah yeah his wife and uh, they're just, it's unbelievable the, how they're, he really has taken it, not just his acting, his music and everything, his career to really building and businesses and growing as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Everybody always asks me like, what's he, what is he like in person? <clears throat> and I say, um, he's like a gangster philosopher. He's because <laughs> he's still like, he still um, is very like real, you know, as real as it gets. And, but he says some stuff that's just like, man that just makes so much sense and you just never thought about it that way and you know he's very intelligent so it's crazy being able to hang out with him and and just pick his brain was was a trip now one thing i am curious of because you were on set with ic filming uh turned down for what now is there any funny like stories or pranks that you guys pulled on each other on the set uh, no but i remember he was just freaking out because the whole video concept was was crazy and uh <laughs> he was just he was just tripping out on on how wild it got and he was just like all right this is fun this is fun but no not really we, nothing crazy really happened you know he's one of those very professional people he's there at set time and then he's gone and that's it you get him for that amount of time you got to make it make it happen but um you know we're, we're so stoked we were able to do it we booked it in uh, new york at the small strip club and then he came out and did the video and he was gone before you knew it <laughs> awesome yeah. And so in that, in that process, uh, what do you see, where do you see your music now evolving? Where do you want to go now? Uh, we just want to start supporting those bigger acts. And I think, you know, um, for us, it's just about getting into that world and, and, and really sinking our teeth in. Cause we were affiliated with like the more underground metal, you know, death metal, death core, whatever metal core and all that stuff. And, you know, we really want to break out into that mayhem Ozfest crowd. Cause that's, that's, that's where you get those diehard fans that are already set into, to listening to metal. You know, they're not going to change their musical preference no. with, the, with the young crowd. We see that, you know, the evolution and they're kind of like, I don't, I don't like metal anymore. And, you know, so, so a lot of fans go and come in that younger crowd, but when we played mayhem and, and, you know, those fans that we made at those shows still come out to shows to this day, you know, cause they're just, they're, they're there. They, they love metal no matter what. And <laughs> so we really want to break out into that world and, and start supporting those bigger bands that are out like, you know, Anthrax, Megadeth, all those, you know, Trivium that are doing it now and hopefully, you know, set, set ourselves up in that world. Yeah. That's the main goal. All right, Lowell, another question. You see how quick the questions can go. He's got the, that's the fun thing is when you create questions and know how much time it just depends on the answers, but Ruben's given some great questions. So if you just tell me, Lola, where we're going next, because I can go for hours with questions, especially mm -hmm. stories. We can talk stories on the road, like my stories on the road and pro wrestling, your stories on the road. And that. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. But go ahead, Lola. Now, speaking of music videos, you guys have always had this heavy hitting in your face style, which 
is great for like working out if you just like cooking dinner and like it's funny because I never really considered myself like a girly girl and I'm like blasting upon a burning body today while I'm doing my makeup and getting ready for this um <laughs> and and the thing is like one of my favorite music videos of yours is BMF and I immediately noticed you did an homage to like 90s pop culture and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air now what was the creative process behind that entire music video well that that was mainly uh danny on that one he loves fresh prince like he has a, a tattoo and he, he just like loves that show he's probably he's watched every single episode i love it too yeah. but you know he kind of gave this idea like let's just do something different you know let's not do the typical warehouse video you know we're all standing in a warehouse you know typical metal video so you know he pitched that idea to do something a little bit more vibrant and you know 90s vibe and uh, we're like yeah let's go for it let's make it interesting and <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy video like I was just like what are we doing but it was fun and that that's the thing for that time and that song it fits perfectly and I think um you know we did some crazy stuff I know I, I kicked over like a computer monitor it really hurt because it was an old one it was like it wasn't like a new school like flat screen it was like a big bulky thing and I didn't realize how much I was gonna hurt I stepped up to the desk and I, I kicked it as hard as I could and I was like oh my god I think I broke my foot and I just bashed my foot on this huge monitor but yeah so it, it was a trip that whole shoot was fun and, and um we did a lot of pranks and just dumb stuff on set that that ended up being in the video like that whole coke bottle thing and you know just just yeah. Cra yeah just crazy stuff like that but um yeah that was that was a whole vibe it was just 90s uh especially fresh prince and uh just kind of that more um where we grew up that that was how we grew up you know in the 90s watching Ninja turtles and fresh prince and all that did you want did you meet have you ever met will smith no no never met will smith no. any of the guys from fresh prince no i don't think so no no none of us I've interviewed three from Fresh Prince. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, isn't it Tatiana Ali uh, mm -hmm. interviewed the one from, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, oh, my gosh. Now I'm losing my mind. On the, but I've interviewed the, the second uh, Uncle Phil, uh, Aunt Viv, and I interviewed uh, Ricardo. So all th uh, so three of them I've had on my show. But only radio, not tell. I like this whole <laughs> video vibe thing so I, i'm sure i'll have to have some of those back for sure but i loved interview will smith that's on my bucket list but it probably have to be a red carpet to get back. yeah <laughs> you know, those, those people just depending if we ever have red carpets again with the COVID. so yeah i, I know <sighs> texas <laughs> you're hurting right now in texas right oh yeah yeah we we were cool until um you know memorial day weekend and all that stuff happened and then everybody just it just spiked like crazy so yeah now everybody's back in lockdown you know yeah. doing the same old it's crazy because we live right here by uh the river the guadalupe river where a bunch of people come in tube and yeah we're just seeing you know everybody flocking to the rivers it's hot you know they want to be out and they're like yeah it's fine now the spike is gone and you know, <laughs> here we go again yeah back at it yeah well it's it's the, we have these opportunities with these great stars so we'll just live with it till it's over because everyone is willing to come on virtually now so it's a perfect opportunity for journalists for sure okay lola any other what other questions you want to go towards i know you have backup ones right because he's been awesome so far oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of 90s pop culture and like sitcoms if upon a burning body as a band had their own 90s style sitcom 
what would the title be? And could you potentially play us a little bit of like a ditty that would go along with the uh, sitcom? What would it be? I would say it'd probably be something like Seinfeld, like a show about nothing. Yes. Literally everything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Our personalities, like on the road, like we're just a goofy people. We like to have fun and we're always joking around. We have so many inside jokes that we, we talk about on the road. And I think that that in itself could be a sitcom just in the van, like just <laughs> recording us in a van. But uh, yeah, I think I I feel like, we, we, it's funny, we always talked about it, like doing a cartoon because we, we make up these little skits, like we make up these little characters or we, we'll find like a little, um, like a stuffed animal or something and it just turns into this character that we always refer to on the road. And we're just talking like like he's a part of the band or he's a tour manager and he's like <laughs> talking to us in the, in, the, in the van, yelling at us, hurry up, you got five minutes, you better hurry up and get in the van or we're going to leave you here <laughs> at the truck stop. Uh, hmm. But yeah, I think Seinfeld would be awesome. So Seinfeld, though, what was your favorite episode of Seinfeld? I have to ask that question because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Oh man, I love the theater, um, the theater episode where they're all watching that. um, What's that, Rochelle? Rochelle? What's that movie that they're all going? Oh yeah, that one. (laughs) And the movie tickets and Uh, get all screwed up. End up going then Rochelle, Rochelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, and Curb. Curb. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. That's that's another favorite, yeah. Uh, you love Soup Nazi, right? I got to interview Snoop on yeah. Soup Nazi. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, many times I've interviewed um, uh, the guy that does the uh, the um, dog show all the time. Uh, yeah, I interviewed him, the one that's uh, Lang's boss. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you, yeah. And, I, and the guy, the, the ribbon guy for another show on NBC they said you didn't wear the ribbon so i've always <laughs> seinfeld uh and uh seinfeld i love seinfeld i have seinfeld quotes all the time lola are, again this is pat are you a seinfeld fan are you occasionally got it's, huh it's one of those shows for me that if like i can't sleep i'll turn on and then fall asleep to like george to samsung like doing something crazy and then i'll wake up and think it's like a fever dream just because seinfeld is one of those shows especially late at night <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I grew up watching it and, and um you know, I had a friend who was a fanatic as well. He had every every episode recorded on VHF VHS, but he recorded it himself. So it's like he had all the seasons, but he had recorded <laughs> himself the collection. So yeah, I've always been surrounded by that. That and that, that whole late night era where it was like uh Seinfeld and Frasier and what else? It was another show that would come on late night and I would just always be watching it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no, I never got into Cheers. No. No, okay. Uh, you're in the 80s. I'm 80s. I so love the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's funny. I don't know why 80s genre. You know, I was born in 73. So it's late 80s, but it's in 80s, 90s. You can't beat it. I don't yeah. know what style they're getting now in the 2020s. That's going to be scary. And same with the music. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, like, you know, when we get older, like when we look back and, and, you know, the progression of it and thinking about what's being created now and all the remakes, you know, they're trying to remake everything. And it just, yeah. to me, I, it falls short. Like, I'm just like, you can't remake that. I just saw the new uh, Chucky movie. I had never seen it. No. And I was like, oh my gosh, he just, it just didn't, didn't resonate the same. The doll just doesn't look as scary. You know, it's just like, oh man, <laughs> you can't, you can't redo the classics. No, you can't. Yeah. It's tough. It's a really tough thing to pull off. 
Anything else? Now, what other, yeah. any other questions for Ruben? <laughs> yeah, so if you could choose one Pokemon from like the early 90s when it first kicked off for each of your band members, what Pokemon would they be and why? I think I would probably be Squirtle because uh, I'm always putting out the fire between the guys. Sometimes, you know, things get heated and I'm always the calm one. So <laughs> I'd probably be Squirtle. <laughs> uh, I would say Danny would probably be uh, Charizard for sure. Um, just because he's he's a vocalist, so I, I just see him breathing fire out of that. <laughs> and uh, I would see Tito probably as uh, Pikachu. Just because he's he's electric on the kit, and he's fast, yeah, and he's always insightful too. So that's I would say he's Pikachu, and I don't know who my my younger brother. He hasn't he hasn't really hit the road with this yet, but I would say he would probably be who's the good one. Who are the other ones? I'm trying to think of the. I know those are the three main, and then uh, I don't know who who he would be actually. Hey, I, I we haven't really. Uh, hung out on the road yet to say so yeah i don't have one for him yet <laughs> so lola how do you know he's in the pokemon is that just part of being a fan that's just growing up in the 90s <laughs> uh, really? exactly it exactly. couldn't have said it better myself the whole 90s culture like i was born in 97 but i still cut up on all like the pop culture things from the 90s and it's like it's so rare that you find someone who was like equally as into like the 90s culture so like if you make jokes or references and no one kind of like responds to you get crickets it gets really awkward <laughs> yeah power rangers too that, that that i would say we're more power rangers than pokemon but <laughs> well, you're to answer that pokemon question that's a good <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah we we um yeah we love that era i mean there's it's just timeless we always talk about it we always reference it we, we play a lot of old video games too i love like all the all the classics uh nes and all that snes i have a a, a wii that i modded and i have all the classic video games on there and i'll take it on the road and we just get competitive on um, nba jam like oh man we could play that for hours just yelling at oh, each I other did that. i did i did play it all the time yeah uh, nba jam and all that stuff and played too long too much in the 90s I'm yeah it's so funny people come into the green room and they think we're going to be partying like with all this alcohol and we're just yelling at each other playing the video game and we're just like ah no what are you doing and they're like man what are they doing in there they must be raging hopefully they don't break anything and they come in and we're just sitting there playing Ozzie video would like, what would ozzy say i know i know he'd be like oh my gosh he'd be, he'd be ashamed <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> times have changed yeah. So, like speaking of like being on the road uh what movies because i remember watching an interview where you always said like movies like selena was on the bus and like what other movies are on rotation on tour uh we watched blood and blood out so many times because it's like a three-hour movie so it just made the drives go by fast blood and blood out uh goodfellas life uh with eddie murphy and, and martin lawrence that one was another one that was just constantly played we had a little combo tv back in the day with the dvd player yeah. and we would just kind of prop it up on something and play it and then we would hope they don't hit any bumps because then it just starts skipping and ruin the, the dvd but those are the three main ones that i would say we watched over and over and over and over again classics yeah yeah you remember these classics what do you binge watch now oh man what's uh, your what are you binging right now i'm binging hannah season two 
Oh, I haven't seen that show, but we like we like a lot of the true crime stuff. Like um um we did all the true detectives and all that stuff, and then we watched uh Bosch that show on Prime. Yeah, I love Bosch. Well, yeah, I, that was a great one. That I was a great one before the show started. Before, no way. Let's see. Before it came out, I'm like, oh, what's this Bosch? And then after I made this comment, any book that's created in the show is a guaranteed hit. Oh wow! Because if it's some, you have tons of readers that love it. And you make it a movie or a TV show, you're guaranteed to get have a built-in audience that helps grow it. It's yeah, Prime good. has been really coming out with some good ones. Uh, Sneaky Pete was another really I good one. For, watch Sneaky Pete, yeah. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's a no biter. And um, you know, we went through all the common ones like Stranger Things. Um, Dark is a really weird one. I, I just um, for me, it's hard because staring at the screen and reading the subtitles all the time because it's in German, you know, you, yeah. you have to read it all. And sometimes I'll trail off and I'm like, oh man, what I miss? I had to rewind it. it like, <laughs> shoot. So that's the only tough part is you have to be really focused on the show if you're going to watch that one. Um, Chernobyl, that was a good one. That was a really yeah, good one. The, see, again, there's enough to catch up because we're not going to get new ones. So we better get used to catching up on all the old yeah yeah and definitely that's the problem because in hollywood i've been talking to them looks like but, it's yeah. gonna be some time till they're gonna be doing anything it stinks yeah I, same with us you know and that's the thing some people are doing shows where it's like social distancing like i know they did a show where everybody was sitting down they had assigned seats but we don't want to do that we're like we want to come back when people can enjoy it and it'd be a real show same thing with the live streaming like I, I love that bands are doing it, but I feel like it just takes away from a metal show, especially you go there and it's people just, you know, having fun moshing and, and jumping around and, and, you know, that's an experience. So for us, we're just like, we're going to wait until it comes back. If it does, hopefully, you know, next spring or so, you know, we can come back and tour again. That's a hope. It's a hope for all of us and I know, I know. get out of the quarantine in so many ways and it's so bump it's a bummer because we know a lot of these uh smaller venues that are shutting down like they're 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 all friends of ours you know we've been going there for years and to hear that you know they're they're not going to be around anymore because you know it's just they can't survive being shut down for so long literally you know some of them are going week by week you know trying to make it happen and so a lot of those places are not coming back and that's that's a sad part about about it for us we're just like man we're never going to be able to play that venue again that was like the spot (laughs) the credit card companies lola came out with today in the news 45 percent they're spending less oh wow so that so that just shows that say otherwise (laughs) but it's it's true so yeah, people are saving their money because they don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Know? They're holding on to their money. They spent their stimulus checks, but then that's it, right? After they yeah. spent their stimulus checks, they're like, I'm done. I'm <laughs> we'll spend that money, but we're not going to spend anything else. So I'm good. The unknown, the unknown. Yeah. And, uh, I think you're right. I say uh, 2021 is going to be a good year. We're talking now, but it's perfect that's time crazy. for online. 2021. Go ahead. Yeah. Any other questions for Ruben? <laughs> Now, speaking of the pandemic and you just kind of holding off until you can fully run shows again and have that experience, uh, I've noticed that you guys have been streaming Call of Duty Warfare on Facebook. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. You just got to get creative with it. And, you know, we, we love to play. So uh, my brother, my younger brother, who's now in the band, he plays bass. Um, he has been streaming. So we're like, let's make this a thing. We're, we've been um, in talks with Activision. So they're actually going to give us some stuff to give away. 
during the streams, which is awesome. Like to players that are playing, we're going to be able to give away um, um, points to them and stuff like that. So it's catching on, you know, and it, it's just something fun we came out with. We're actually going to do one tonight at eight, eight o'clock. So anybody listening, if you guys want to jump on, yep, we're going to, we're going to, uh, basically it's, it's a way to, to, you know, just communicate with our fans and have fun and they get to kill us online or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a different, that's a different thing. You guys have a huge following on Facebook. So it's built as, is that your biggest platform? Would you say? Yes, at the moment, yeah, we've had that the longest, and and we've really grown that, and and Spotify too. Surprisingly, it, it's grown, it's shot up a lot in this last year, and um, and I, I guess it's just people being home, you know, and not having anything to do and jamming other than jam out and work out. And I went to go try to buy weights, and they're gone, like everywhere they're yeah. gone. <laughs> Everybody's just trying to work out at home, so gyms are closed. Yeah, you know, people are like what? And like I was thinking to go back to the gym again, and I said. Then I'm watching what's happening in Texas, Florida, and, uh, you know, the states that are about to close again. And, like, yeah. I know it's going to happen to Pennsylvania again. Why am I going <laughs> to do this thing? You know, we're opening up amusement parks, and I said, guess what? They're going to close. It's, yeah. It just give it its time. More and more cases come in these areas where you guys didn't really do as much social restri- uh, distancing, and it's a, it's a mistake. So, like yeah. I said, till there's a vaccine or till we reach some sort of figuring out thing, point we can't do anything about it yeah yeah definitely definitely and that's the thing yeah the first the first time it happened um i didn't really take it as serious i'm not gonna lie because i I didn't see i didn't know anybody i was like i I, nobody i know has this nobody and then the second wave hit and that's when so many people i knew caught it and i was like wow like this is scary now i was like holy moly It, it, it hit that close to home and luckily i live out here in the country so you know i don't really i'm not too worried i, I don't live in san antonio there's like i don't know our population is so small out here so i'm just um i'm just staying at home you know i've been working from home and working remotely doing a uh, uh, stuff for other bands marketing for other bands writing for other bands you know just keeping busy writing our new music you know just keep writing we have like 13 you know new new uh songs going ideas so we're we're ready we got we're ready to to hit 2021 running hopefully <laughs> that's the smart thing instead of trying to do a week 2020 wait to 2021 that's yeah it. yeah and we got offers you know we got some offers for 2020 but it's just like no it's just too unstable and then we we we, we get everybody excited only to cancel no, and you know and then everybody's like oh we, well, what are we gonna do we're we gonna get refunds and then you have to postpone and it's just yeah. like we don't even want to do that we'll wait till it's set in stone we're gonna be able to do it and then we'll go and do it. now being that you know since everyone's at home you have more fan interaction especially with like the facebook streaming and the spotify what has been one of the weirdest comments or compliments online that you've ever received weirdest compliments i mean i think the weirdest compliment for us is obviously like the tattoos when people get you know your logo tattooed on them or or your signature even at that like you know we've had we've had a a, a group of people that have gotten our signatures tattooed on <laughs> the scary part is like you don't know who's going to stay in the band so some of them have signatures from like old members that aren't even <laughs> bad anymore you're like who's that i'm like oh, oh, he's not in the band anymore but yeah so i think to us that's the craziest thing a, a fan could do is you know just tattoo your logo on their on their body and you know have it there forever which you know i just thinking about them getting old and being like a grandpa and being like what's that upon a burning body it's like yeah that's that's a band i used to listen to back in the day <laughs> i think lola knows the answer to this but how did you come up with the name of the band 
Um, so it was actually a poem called Upon My Burning House. And, and um, I had added it to the list of band names. Like I had made a list for my old band and um, I changed it. I was like, that sounds okay. But for a metal band, it needs to be like Upon a Burning Body. So I wrote that down and I had this huge list of names and the uh, Upon a Burning Body was actually playing as no name. Like we're playing shows because we had material, but we had it, we, we couldn't figure out the name. So we were just doing like these little local shows. And then finally we're like, okay, we got to pick a name. So I busted out the list and that was the one that everybody fell on. It, it, it was between that and like a weird name, a, a picture perfect cemetery or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't know, just random long names back then. Everybody's name was like a paragraph. So I was like, Oh my God. And we're stuck. We stuck with it. You know, after a while, we're like, Man, can we change it? Is it too late? And the label's like, yeah, it's way too late. So you're just going to have to ride that one out. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, there's no like crazy meaningful thing about it. It's just, it was something that I had come out, out of a poem, you know. It's... <laughs> Yeah, that's one we get a lot. If people are like, what does that name mean? And I, it sucks trying to tell it to people, especially older people. They're like, upon a hooda what? And I'm just like, no, upon, I just say it really slow. No, Lola's telling me these names of these guests. I'm, I know that they're big in a certain genre, but I have no idea about them. But you yeah. see, Ruben, I'm used to just interviewing people, so it doesn't matter what we talk about. I, I interview scientists too, and I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> I interview these geniuses of these books well i didn't read your book well I, i'll figure out a good question that's my that's me i got so you know i don't need to prepare i could just go in and i learned so much about it but i'm like okay now i got to jam out to ruben's music because this is something i need especially if i'm trying to hammer out a specific report or write something or do something in social media i'm like okay i'll jam out or i have to do website updates or something i'll need something else time to get out of the 80s and give me a different different jive you know, yeah. jam. So well, well, that's a cool thing. All yeah. these things. So Lola, describe your thought process when you first heard the music, because I think that, I think that all his fans yeah. want to know that. So I was, oh gosh, 2014, 15. I was still like a young teenager in high school and I, I was writing, you know, these articles for my high school newspaper, like music reviews. And I remember like my teacher was usually pretty cool of who I would write reviews on. And I ran Upon a Burning Body through because I just started, I actually found out because back in the day, uh, Alternative Press Magazine would, would print uh, advertisements for new upcoming albums from bands of like all like pop punk, metal, metalcore, that sort of thing. And I remember seeing the cover art of uh, The World Is My Enemy Now and just the, um, the album art just grabbed my attention and I'm like, I have to either, um, apologize for this, but I, I either have to like copy this onto like my iPod Touch or, you know, go and buy the album in FYE, just because a lot of the time fans won't have that interesting cover art. And I like, I remember buying the CD and I was like, I got to review this for the school newspaper. And I almost got in trouble because of just the name alone. They're like, no, you can't do <laughs> It's too brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wow. when I first heard the music, it was so different. It was so heavy hitting because I, I, I had never been really introduced to that genre before and it was so heavy and so hard hitting and like blew my eardrums out I was like I like this and then I just kind of became a fan so my first introduction to metal and I'll go one more question Ruben is Metallica I mean I brought up the other ones as metal bands we could say um heavy metal because you, some of them I mentioned the big hair bands that I don't know how much you're a fan of theirs but I was just a gigantic fan then somebody introduced me to Metallica and then I'm like Oh my, 
a total difference if you compare Metallica to Motley Crue. Oh, right? yeah. You go to a Motley Crue concert, it's going to be pretty loud. But if you listen to Metallica, forget about it. It's going to yeah. be just this. And then Ozzy. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, before Ozzy Osbourne kind of got a little bit weak. Think of how tough. So yeah. would you say that kind of music is what influenced you into this? Yes, definitely, definitely. And, you know, that's what we did with this new album. Like, if you listen to it, you hear those elements of Judas Priest, of, okay. uh, you know, you Ozzy. I love Randy Rhodes and Ozzy, yeah. And, um, you know, I love Maiden. Iron Maiden was definitely yeah. Oh, yeah, my all-time favorite. favorite. Yeah, so, so you hear those guitar things, and you're like, oh, I can hear the influence. Um, Our first song on there, King of Diamonds, was actually an homage to um, um, Motorhead, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, we just took all our influences from back in the day, and and that's the thing. When we when we talk about this album, I always say everything was getting very overproduced. Like, you were adding all these elements into metal music that made it sound like sci-fi almost. And but the thing is, when you see these bands live, they can't replicate that because you're adding so much on the record, and then you see them live, and almost every time they fall short, and it yeah. just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't connect the same way. So. I wanted to do the opposite and be like, let's just go back to a raw sound, a raw metal sound that hasn't been heard in a long time because everybody's going like to the future. And let's bring back those influences that really made us love metal. And those were the ones, Judas Priest, those are all the bands that we referenced for this record was like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, you know, all those old metal bands, Metallica, you know, and, and we're just like, what did they do? How did they become such a massive metal band, you know, filling arenas? And, you know, at that time it was just, it was huge. And, and you know, it's, it's crazy to, to think that that Slayer, even like that heavy style of music can, can have such a mass following. Right. Yeah. Yes. And Lola, how was were you a metal fan before upon burning body? Actually, like I was hugely like into like Metallica and Ozzy Osbourne because like I remember my dad would have like the old cassette tapes and old CDs and we would just listen to them in the car. And because of him I kind of, you know, grew up with like Queen, Metallica, uh, Iron Maiden, that sort of thing. And hearing the way upon a burning body was so raw in a new generation I think was new for me but also just kind of like as a teenager you want that heavy music that you can rebel with and that was like 100% it yeah yeah that's definitely the rebellion music yeah everybody's like eh, it's crazy because we always get fans too that are like man um are not fans, but people that listen to it and they're just like, I can't do it. Like, it's too much. I hear <laughs> one word and it's just too much. And I'm just like, okay, I understand. But then every once in a while we, we get uh, a fans that are like, yeah, my grandma jams you guys. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, she loves it. She, she can't listen to any other heavy music, but she likes you guys for some reason. And I'm just like, well, that's a good thing. You know, at least we're connecting with some people that, that, that don't really listen to metal. And, you know, it shows us we're doing something right when we get those fans that are like, I don't like any heavy metal music, but I like your band. And I'm like, okay, that, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So your videos mostly trying to get me back caught up into music in that way are played YouTube wise, right? Or in, you yeah. know, certain things like that. What about music videos in general on television? VH1, do they play you sometimes too? Uh, music Choice is the main one that will play our videos. Yeah, on, on the, the on-demand channel, you know, when you get cable, you get okay. that Music Choice channel and they play a lot of our music. And um, recently we were number one on Music Choice and they actually had us at the top of the list. So we're being blasted on there. Um, Liquid Metal on uh, Sirius XM, they play our music a lot. And then, uh, but I think that's the only TV that we get as far as uh, video wise is music choice. 
they're the only ones that play like really heavy stuff i feel like yeah so and metal bands that are now to the level or higher level than you which ones are they for people that are done that are out there I would say uh, Trivium definitely is, is up there. Uh, Kill Switch Engage is another great metal band. Um, man, there's a couple. Amana Marth is great. They're up there. They're like Viking metal. They have a really crazy stage show. Uh, what other bands? Um, Devil Driver. There's still a lot of good metal bands. Machine Head. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Fear Factory is coming back. There's a, there's a lot of old yeah metal bands too that are still doing it. I'm trying to think of which other ones. Slayer just, oh, Lamb of God is definitely, I would say, one of the biggest metal bands out right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're None of those I know, so I have to do my research. And stuff like that. <laughs> Even with hip-hop, I'd probably be the same way. I listen to different things, but then it's just like, it just happens. If it ends up in the movie or something or ends up on a certain thing, then that's when you remember it in certain ways. And that's the, that's it. So we'll have to see what heavy, what heavy metal should be played during a horror movie. There you go. Yeah, yeah that, there you go. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Killer or psycho killer type deal, right? <laughs> I think, and I think that's how uh, Kill Switch Engage got a big break of theirs. Is they were on uh, Freddy versus Jason or something like yeah. that, and and they actually they they blew up after that. They had that song on there, and it kind of it brought them a whole new demographic. You know, how many how many times have you heard that uh, Marilyn Manson song on movies? That's oh. like. <laughs> <laughs> every movie i hear it i'm just like oh man they did use the Marilyn manson song here we go <laughs> yeah. um for one last question though um is there any band that you would love to collaborate with say like on a new album or just in general um I would have to say collaborations. I don't think Lamb of God would be down. I just don't feel like they 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 collaborate too much. They had a couple of guest singers, but to actually collaborate with, I would say um, um, probably Trivium would be would be the the one that I would want to collaborate. They're they're doing really well, and they're they're friends of ours. We've toured with them, and to actually write a song together would be great. You know, we we actually had Matt on a on a song from that record that you're you're talking about. The world is is a uh, my enemy now. And then, um, but after that, we haven't had them guests. And I think it would be cool to have them do like a guest solo because I feel like everybody does guest vocals, right. but not too many bands have like a guest guitar solo. I think that 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 would be sick. All right, last point. Where can people find info? Where can they go? Where's the best place to connect? Um, it's going to be Facebook, Upon a Burning Body. Um, we got uh, Instagram is at UABB. Oh, no, sorry, Upon a Burning Body official. Twitter is at UABB. Those are the three big ones. Um, you can go to seekandstrike.com. That's our label, and they have all our merch up there. And then Spotify is just Upon a Burning Body. Yeah. And your plan, like if you're looking at your plan before 2021, the biggest thing is just keep creating music, right? Yeah, definitely keep creating music and content. You know, we're trying to stay busy and think of new ways to bring content. And we did this thing where we break down our studio sessions and how we actually write the music and what the what the song really means. And so we've been trying to do that and just, just keep content flowing. Streams are big, right? I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine that does playlists and his music and streams and he's much smaller than you, but he makes money just off the streams. So that's the nice thing that you guys can continue is to do your music and make money where if there was a pandemic in the eighties, you guys would have been done. It was just, been, <laughs> there's no way of making money except album sales. And yeah. Wrote it. So yeah, definitely. You know, so it's definitely changed in that way. Anything else to add Lola before we say goodbye? Uh, I just want to thank you for being the first guest 
And thank you for being super cool and kind of uh, divulging some of those little secrets to us and, and kind of gave us behind the scenes look of what you guys have been doing and up to. Well, thank you guys as well. It was a pleasure. You know, I, I really enjoy talking about this stuff, you know, and getting it out there because, you know, I feel like it's definitely been something that we've been living with for this whole time. And, you know, nobody's really heard our our side of it. So, you know, it's awesome to be able Exactly. To- that's an important thing. Do those interviews that will get to the fans and that's what will definitely get it to your fans and they can know what's going on with you. And yeah. uh, we're all waiting for 2021 to kick the door down. We were saying that in 2020. We shouldn't have said that. But now 2021, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, we jinxed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one. It's gonna, it's gonna kick off. November twenty twenty. After the election, everything will be fine. I know. That that would be scary if everything just got disappeared. (laughs) Oh, we're all back. We're fine. It was, it was the we got through the flu season. Everything's good. Go back to work. No way. Just blame Tiger King. That's what disrupted the the universe right there, that show. I want Carol Baskin on my show. I got to interview the lady from uh, PETA, and and Carol connected me on LinkedIn. Never know. But, you know, what I'm getting upset is this whole uh, cameo thing. Now they're going to probably just keep these people on contracts and not get them to do other types of independent stuff. Did you see? I'm getting tons of Facebook with cameo. Or you can have a party with somebody on cameo. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know what that will mean. Who he's knows? probably trying to make some money, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They're all trying to figure out anyway online they can do it. But, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. what it is. But, it's all about making money, but I appreciate you taking the time. And a, what a great much. alternative riff will Lola be and look forward to her next guest. I mean, uh, wow, I learned a lot from it. So I appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Go check it out. I hope you enjoy it. All right. We will. Take care. All right. You take care, too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's... Okay,